following the Lord is not always easy. There's challenges. There's issues sometimes. But Elisha goes all the way in. He goes all the way in and he gives the food away and then he follows the prophet Elisha. Brothers and sisters, be disciple. Be disciple. Allow people to invest in your lives because when you do, you will grow. And when you grow, you will become the person that God created you to be. Following God isn't easy, and the Bible confirms this again and again. Even knowing that, we can still step out in faith and allow God to be the strength and courage we need for any and every situation. Pastor Daniel today shares how Elisha, though not knowing what God had in store, left everything behind to follow his Creator. Pastor Daniel also encourages us to find a mentor to help us learn what it truly means to grow in our faith in God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message, The Double Portion. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love a good spy thriller movie. Am I the only one who just like, it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter who the spy is, If there's a spy espionage thriller on television, I'll even bear the commercials. Because there's just something about the stories when you have somebody who is a good guy and they're embedded behind enemy lines and they're subversively working against evil. I mean, someone like Tom Cruise has made an entire career on this. Bruce Willis, same thing. I mean, these, we just love that idea. And that's why I've called this series that we're doing Inside Man. Because if you think of somebody who's an inside man, it's somebody who's on the inside, somebody who's deep cover, somebody who has found their way behind enemy lines and is working for the betterment of humanity and the blessings of the world. And I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters here at Crossroads, that's exactly who God has called us to be. You know and I know that we are all citizens of two kingdoms. We're citizens of the kingdoms of this world, and we're also citizens of heaven. And God's design for the people of God, for the church, the called out assembly of people, is that we be plants, so to speak, in this world, bringing God's glory into the everyday places that we live. And it's one thing to see ourselves as that when we gather together, when the church gathers together to worship the Lord. But it's another thing when each one of us scatter out of here into every nook and cranny of our culture. See, God has designed us not to live together perpetually, but that we would come together and get built up so that we go on out to our places of work and our places of play and in our communities and all the different places we find ourselves. And we, in a sense, live heaven on earth and bring down God's kingdom into the midst of this kingdom in which we live. I know you never thought of yourself as kind of like subversively being espionage-like for God's kingdom, 
But my friends, that's exactly what we are. See, God has called you and me to be people on the inside, being about God's kingdom and about his work while we still live and do the things that we do every single day. In our vision message just a couple weeks back, I said we need to be missionaries everywhere. So I thought, that, and this has just been a theme that God has been doing in our midst. And I love what God is doing in the Crossroads family because I get to hear all these stories. I get to hear the stories about, hey, hey, I was over here and all of a sudden this thing happened and wow, and this thing happened. And then, oh, hey, we started, we decided, like I think about Flash Love, a ministry that's so dear to our heart here because folks from Crossroads just decided we're going to, you know, those flash mobs, we're going to be flash mobs of Jesus's love. And now all ministry's grown up. And it's powerful to watch all the different ways God is using the Crossroads family. They call flash love. And who's a teacher? Who's a bus driver? Who's a grandma? Who's investing? Who runs a nursery? Is investing in kids? All these different things. All of us being about the Father's business as we're still within the world that we live in. That's what a person on the inside is. That's what a covert operative is. And so in order to unpack this, I had been reading through my Bible last year, and I got kind of stuck on the life of the prophet Elisha. Because Elisha, the prophet, he was an inside man. He was amongst the people. He wasn't separated off. He was in the nitty-gritty of life that he lived in. But yet, he was God's man, bringing down God's plans and purposes in the midst of all sorts of stuff. So we're going to spend the next bunch of months studying the life of the prophet Elisha. So to get this thing going, I want you to open up in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings, it's not maybe one that you're used to going to, but it's in the first about quarter of your Bible. You have the first five books of Torah, then you have the book of Joshua, the book of Judges, the book of Ruth, and then you have the first and second books. First and second Samuels, first and second Kings, and then first and second Chronicles. So second Kings there, if you find the book of Psalms, turn left. If you're in the New Testament, turn way left, hard bank, hard left. I got to tell you, as a teacher starting a new series, because I'm, I love the Bible and I love information, I have to resist the desire just to kind of spray you with facts about the time period. Because that's what you want to do as a teacher. I want to give you a big bullet points, this, this, this. So what I'm doing, I'm trying to restrain myself. And I'm just going to, as we're going through the series, I want to unpack this stuff because there is a lot of cultural things that we're going to see. But I realize if I just give you bullet points of information, it's just going to go in one ear and it's going to go right out the other side. It's going to go right over. And so what you have to realize about the prophet Elisha is that he's ministering at approximately 850 years before Jesus. So if you think about it in, and this is a real broad brush, right? 1,500 years before Jesus is the time of Moses. And this is an approximation, right? 1,500 years is Moses. 1,000 years before Jesus is King David, right? Now, 500 years before Jesus is when the children of Israel return from Babylonian exile, okay? So if you're just looking at kind of big, broad strokes, 1,500 years before Jesus is Moses, a thousand years before Jesus is David, and then 500 years before Jesus is when they return from Babylonian exile. So that places Elisha at about 850 years before Jesus. Now, this is at a time, First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, it really shows the tragic history of two nations collision course with captivity, right? After David comes Solomon, and then after Solomon, 
the 10 northern tribes and the two southern tribes split off, right? And we have in 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, it tells the story of all the successive kings. Now, what's interesting is Elisha ministers to the 10 northern tribes almost primarily. But the 10 northern tribes ended up in captivity at about 722, right? The Assyrians came in, took them out of the land. The two southern tribes, which we know in the Bible as Judah, they went into captivity in about 586, 587 BC. Now you might say, well, why did Judah do better? Because Judah had a couple godly kings in the midst of some lousy kings. But in the 10 northern tribes, what we call Israel, the 10 northern tribes, they had 18 straight evil kings. And those kings led the people astray. And so in the midst of ungodly leadership and things going wrong, God will always raise up a prophetic voice, a voice that both calls into question the status quo of what's going on. Like, this is what's happening. We're going to undermine that. We're going to call it into question and then give a, a new vision for life. A prophet's job was to energize the people to live differently, a more glorious future. And in a lot of ways, isn't that what God's word does in our lives? God's word calls into question our status quo. Just the way that we live, the way that we do life naturally, God's word will confront that and not just confront it and leave us kind of feeling like maybe my life isn't all that it could be. But God's word also gives us a vision for a more glorious future. Shows us, instead of this, I want you to be this way. And that shows the prophetic authority of the word of God. So in 2 Kings chapter 2, look at what it says. Picking up in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Verse four, then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Verse five. Now the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, we pick up here with the Lord is about to take the prophet Elijah home in the whirlwind. We're going to see that today. But we see that Elijah had an apprentice. For those of you who are of the Star Wars linguistic family, he had a young Padawan named Elisha, right? And it's time for Elijah to leave and Elijah is saying, I need to go here. And Elijah keeps saying, I'm coming. So you know, stay here. I'm coming. Right? 
Now, this is beautiful. And there's a principle here that is so important. If you want to be God's inside man, you want to be God's inside woman, you need to be discipled. You need to be discipled. See, Elisha, this great man of God, didn't just happen out of nowhere. He was trained up in the ministry by the prophet Elijah. See, we have this tendency to think that gifted people get used in mighty ways by miraculous happenstance. And don't get me wrong, it is miraculous, but God uses people to shape people. And God wants each one of us as children of God to allow ourselves to be shaped by other people. I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't be a pastor today if it wasn't for a long line of investments from a long line of people, most notably my pastor, John Henry Corcoran, who invested in my life, who helped me to understand who I am in Christ and how God wants to work, who puts guardrails on my life so I didn't go flying off into nowhere. And I think we have this tendency in our kind of, I can do it myself kind of a culture to think I can do it myself. And guess what? You can't. There's been no great athlete who didn't have tons of coaches, tons of investment. There's been no great business success who wasn't, didn't receive investment from other people. And we need to be discipled. Are you allowing people to speak into your life? Are you choosing to speak into other people's lives? I love what God's doing here at Crossroads because as we, as a 40-year-old church, we have some great men and women who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And as I've come on in and Crossroads has reached a lot of younger people, we have all these people who are making the investment in the next generation because they've grabbed hold of what God's word says. Older women, disciple younger women. Older men, disciple younger men in the faith. See, we need that intergenerational investment. Because we need to be discipled by Jesus and through other people. See, this whole first section of this chapter shows Elijah and his young student, Elisha. It's beautiful. Look what it says. It's the time that the Lord is going to take up Elijah in the whirlwind in verse 1, right? That Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Right? So we have this traveling here. And Elijah says, stay here, please. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. So he's going from Gilgal to Bethel, about seven miles or so. And if you're looking on a map, if you look at the Dead Sea, which is kind of in the center of modern-day Israel, this is on the, the northern shores of the Dead Sea, right? And a little bit to the west. All these cities are all in like a little bit of a line there. So the northern shore of the Dead Sea, the Sea of Salt, Right? And he says to Elisha, stay here. The Lord wants me to go to Bethel. But Elisha isn't going anywhere. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. See, Elijah, in some way, he knows it's time for him to go home to be with the Lord. And as we read through this, everywhere they went, right, there's these schools of the prophets. These are discipleship schools, right? And they all have the same word, that Elijah is going to be taken up by the Lord today. Did you know? That your master's going to be taken away. I know. Just shh. There was the unity of the spirit. People knew what was happening. But notice, Elijah is not going to leave Elijah's side. He wants to milk every last piece 
of information. He wants to impart all that the Lord wants to do in the life of Elijah. He didn't want to leave his side. Now, this is so different than our culture, isn't it? Because our culture is I want what I want and then I'm out of here, right? But this relationship is so tight, so beautiful that Elisha's like, no, no, I'm going to be with you to the last moment. I want, I want all that you have for me. Because God used the prophet Elijah in a mighty way. If you read 1 Kings, Elijah's almost through the entire book, and we see Elijah coming up against the greatest of evil. And Elijah standing there in the gap. The king Ahab and his wife Jezebel were the most evil of the kings. And Elijah is speaking truth to power in very precarious times. But Elisha wants all that Elijah could give him. Now, I want you to keep your finger here in 2 Kings chapter 2. I want you just to turn back a few pages to 1 Kings 19. I want to read to you verses 16 to 21 because it shows the calling of Elisha by Elijah. Now, if you were to go forward, God's revealing himself to Elijah. And he reveals himself in a still small voice. And one of the revelations that God gives the prophet Elijah is that he needs to anoint Elisha, the son of Saphat, of Abel-Meholah, as a prophet in his place. And I got all that from 1 Kings 19, verse 16. Look at what it says. It says, Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Saphat, of Abel Meholah, and you shall anoint the prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth. Then Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again. For what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Now, God gives Elijah, the prophet, a revelation that Elisha is going to be the next prophet in his place. And so what does Elijah do? He goes and he finds Elisha. And he sees him. And Elijah is there. He's driving 12 yoke of oxen. Now, at the very least, Elisha was a wealthy man. Or his family was wealthy because 12 yoke of oxen, so there'd be two per yoke. 24 oxen, it's not like he's driving like a little thing. He's got like a big rig, right? And so all of a sudden, Elijah shows up and throws his mantle on him. Now, the mantle was like a prophet's cloak. Some would be maybe sheepskin or a special kind of a material. And it was kind of a sign that God's covering and anointing was on a prophet. So imagine this. You're Elijah. You're driving your 12 yoke. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up and throws his mantle, his cloak on you. Whoa, right? And all of a sudden, Elijah just keeps rolling. He's just like, throws it on him and rolls. And we find that Elisha runs after him and says, hey, let me say goodbye to my family. See, Elisha knows what's going on here. He just received the covering of Elisha, right? And he's like, let me go say goodbye to my family. 
and then I'm going to follow you. And really, Elijah's response is beautiful because he says to him, in effect, go back again. For what have I done to you? He's saying, look, I didn't do this. God did this. Go take care of your business. And it would seem that Elijah went. He says goodbye to his family. And I love verse 21. I think this is important. Because when God called Elisha, he went all in. Notice what it says. He took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate. You see, his livelihood, he crushed it all. He killed the ox, he boiled them, and he boiled them using the wood from the things that he was plowing with. See, because you know what happens when God calls you? You go, but then after a little while, what do you want to do? You want to go back, right? And he burned the boats, so to speak. You hear those stories about those missionaries or people who traveled to explore new lands, right? They land, and when they land, they burn the boats. Like, we're staying here forever. We can't get out now. That's what Elisha does. I wonder how many of you right now God has called you and you've responded, but you still got the boats intact. Know what I've learned? When you keep the boat intact, you'll always go back. Because following the Lord is not always easy. There's challenges and there's issues sometimes. But Elisha goes all the way in. He goes all the way in and he gives the food away and then he follows the prophet Elijah. Brothers and sisters, be discipled. Be discipled. Allow people to invest in your lives because when you do, you will grow. And when you grow, you will become the person that God created you to be. But if you find yourself right now kind of being a little detached, don't have investment from outside godly influences, I believe you're feeling that tension too. Because when you don't have somebody who loves Jesus, who's been in this longer than you, you're apt to allow yourself to get away with the things you're apt to let yourself get away with. And you need someone to say, that's not the heart of the Lord. That's not what God has for you. And oftentimes what we do in the midst of that is every situation that's challenging, we cut bait and run rather than grow. But when you allow people to invest in your life, they'll tell you, you're just running from the growth that God's trying to give you. You're running from the answers to the prayers that you've been asking. This situation exists to grow you up, to make you more like Jesus, but left up to your own devices, you don't really want to be shaped. You just, like, we, who likes to be refined in the fire of God's work? Can we be honest about that? Isn't that hard? When the refiner, because you know the story about the refiner. I've never refined precious metals, but I've read about it, right? And what the refiner does, he turns up the heat so that metal becomes liquid. And when he does that, he turns up just the right heat so all the impurities come to the surface, which is the part of the process. We don't like the heat, and we don't like seeing the impurities, right? But he does that not just to make us all squishy, and uncomfortable, and not just so we see the impurities, but so that he can come and scrape the impurities off so that we become as pure gold. Jesus is real. In today's message, Pastor Daniel began a new series studying the life and influence of God's inside man, Elisha. This divinely picked prophet of God showed us true devotion to his creator and a willingness to leave everything behind to follow a calling. 
Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here. I am so excited. You know why? I just wrote a brand new book and it just released. It's called Upward, Inward, and Outward. Loving God, loving yourself, and loving people. It's all based on Jesus' greatest commandment. He's the greatest person who ever lived. He's Lord and Savior. He's the greatest teacher who ever lived. And he said, this is the most important thing. So we want to grow in it together. Grab a copy at my website, danielfusco.com, or wherever you like to buy books so that we can grow upward, inward, and outward together. God bless you. Pastor Daniel's focus on the greatest commandment in his new book, Upward, Inward, Outward, Loving God, Loving Yourself, and Loving People, will challenge and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Please visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. There you'll find a link where you can support Jesus Is Real Radio. For anyone who supports Jesus Is Real Radio with a gift of $15 or more, we will send you a special limited edition signed copy of Upward, Inward, Outward. Loving God, loving yourself, and loving people. Again, that's JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share how Elisha responded to the beginning of his solo ministry. As his mentor's time on earth comes to an end, we'll discover what blessings God wants to share with us when we step out in faith. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series entitled Inside Man, The Life of Elisha. Until then, may God bless.